There's a, there's a lot of talk these days about whether or not we are a Christian nation. And as we look around, maybe it doesn't look like we are anymore. But there are those that say that we never were, that we were not founded on Christian principles. We were never a Christian nation. And, and so I found a few quotes from, the, from the, some of the founding fathers to kind of settle this debate. Were we ever a Christian nation? Well, John Adams said this. He said, we recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. The general principles upon which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow that I believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. July 4th ought to be commemorated as a day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to, to God Almighty. John Adams said that in a letter written to Abigail. We have no government, he also said this, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, gallantry, would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people, and it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Benjamin Franklin said, God governs the affairs of man, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Patrick Henry said, It cannot be emphasized too clearly and too often that this nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. Patrick Henry also said, the Bible is worth all other books that have ever been written. George Washington said, to the distinguished character of patriot, it shall be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. See, I think these, these quotes tell us that our founding fathers clearly founded this country on Christian principle, on the gospel of Jesus Christ, as, as Patrick Henry said. But they were not only concerned with founding the, the, our country on Christian principle, they were concerned on keeping it under God in Christian principle. Thomas Jefferson said, God who gave us liberty gave us, God who gave us life gave us liberty. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift from God, that they are not to be violated but by his wrath? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. James Madison 
said, we have staked the whole future of American civilization, not upon the power of government, far from it. We've staked the future of our political institutions upon our capacities to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. At the Constitutional Convention of 1787, James Madison proposed to divide this brand new government into three branches, the judicial branch, the legislative branch, and the executive branch, with equal powers and checks and balances between them so that no one branch can ever take over the government entirely. He found this, <clears throat> this mo model for government in Isaiah 33, 22, which we read a little bit earlier. Isaiah 33, 22 says, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. Now, I want to give you a little context of, of Isaiah because it, it's important, I think, to how we look at this verse today. In the context, Isaiah is talking about Assyria. Assyria had overtaken Judah. And so through, through chapter 33 of Isaiah, and I, and I suggest that you read it today because it's really, uh, it, it, it really is encouraging because what Isaiah is talking about is uh, Assyria has overtaken Judah, but the holiness of God is about to overtake Assyria. The holiness of God is going to overtake the evil of the reign of Assyria. And that's what he's talking about all through uh, chapter 33. In, in verse 21, just before this verse, he gives us a picture of Israel under the reign of God. A place of broad rivers, majestic boats on the rivers, no soldiers patrolling, a place of freedom, a place of beauty and prosperity. And then in verse 22, he gives us what Israel was meant to be, what Israel was at one time. Before King Saul, before King David and all of the kings, back when God was king, and there was a judge appointed to the people to, to handle disputes. It started that way in the Exodus. It started that way with Moses. And, and it continued at one point in, in Israel's history. God was king. And, and there was an appointed judge to handle disputes between people. That person was supposed to be close to God. So that everything was done by God's will and God's guidance. And so that's what Isaiah sees for Israel in Assyria. And this, again, is what Madison saw for our government. He said, the Lord is our judge. Now, <clears throat> again, at one time, there were, this is how it worked in Israel. What Madison saw was a judicial branch. This is the Supreme Court, the judges, uh, the, that, that, that side of the government. And that side of the government was to lean upon the understanding and wisdom of God. God's the ultimate judge. These are the appointed judges under God. And they were to lean on his wisdom. And they were to lean on his knowledge. And they were to lean on his will. As they judge between right and wrong. Handling disputes between people. That's how Madison saw it. That's how Isaiah saw it. 
it was meant to be, the judicial branch was meant to be the, the branch of government that is completely outside politics. It's, it's apolitical, and, it, and it, is, it does not respond to social pressure. It strictly judges the law that has been written. That's how God's judge was. That's how the, the, Israel, the, the, Israel in, or the, the judge in Israel was. That's how Madison saw our judicial branch judging the law that has been made without passion or prejudice. Then he said, the Lord is our lawgiver. Now, this word lawgiver literally means to cut uh, because, because what God has done ha is he has cut a line between right and wrong. God is the ultimate lawgiver. And he has, he has decided right and wrong. We don't decide that still. And our legislature doesn't decide that. Right and wrong has been decided. And God has cut a line between the two. And so what Madison saw was a, a group that would make laws. This is where laws are made. They are challenged to the court, but they are, this is where laws are made. And, and again, he saw God as the ultimate lawgiver. And so every law made was to be judged or, or set against God's will and God as judge and God as the ultimate lawgiver. All of this was to be under God. And then, then he said that the Lord is our king. And again, this takes us back to before when, when Israel had no king, when God was king of Israel. And so what Madison did was he, moved, he, he changed the executive branch. They didn't want a king anymore. Not so much what you hear often is that they didn't want a king because of King George. They didn't want a king because God's king. These were Christian men. And they wanted God to be king. And so they wanted an executive branch, which is the president, the cabinet, the law enforcement falls under the executive branch. This, this branch of government was to be under God the king. So what you see in, in the way Madison set up our, our government is that God is to be the judge with judges appointed under him. God is to be the lawmaker with lawmakers appointed under him. God is to be the king with an executive branch or president appointed under him. None of these... Uh, None of these were meant to be one in this, uh, uh, on their own. None were meant to be outside of God's will, outside of God being the, uh, in charge. That's the way it was set up. That's the way Madison actually set us up. So for those who say that we're not a Christian nation, we may not act like one, but we are one. We may not, uh, it, it may be really hard to see uh, see God's uh, will being considered at all in the legislative branch or the executive branch or for that matter the, the judicial branch. It may not, may not be easy to see God's will at all in that. But we were set up that way. We were set up that God is judge. God is lawmaker. God is king. And then the great news, he says, he will save us. He will save us. 
This looks forward to a time when Christ would come. Isaiah was, was prophesying that Christ would come. We know Christ. And we know that, that Christ will be the judge. We know Christ is the lawgiver. We know Christ is king. We know this is the time we live in. The time that Jesus is judge and lawgiver and king. This is, and, and this is what we desperately need. <laughs> this is what we desperately need. But here's our problem. We, we too often think about we're the judge or we let social media or, or social pressure be the judge rather than God. We usurp God's authority as judge by letting somebody else judge. We usurp God's authority as lawmaker or lawgiver by deciding our own right and wrong. We I want to decide for my life what, what's right and wrong for me. And I usurp God's, God's place as lawgiver when I do that. And then, and then we have the a really, really big problem of God is king. That means you're not on the throne. You've heard me say it from this platform hundreds of times. There is a God and it ain't you. We got to kick ourselves off the throne and put God on the throne. See, we want to be saved, but we can't have the Savior without putting God in charge. That's, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for us to want God to save us, but not be judge and lawmaker and king. We need God to be judge, lawmaker, and king in order for him to save us. This is what we need. And it's just so easy to look at our government today, to look at, at people today and say, well, it's all their fault. They aren't, aren't following God. They are no longer letting God be king, God be judge, God be law, lawgiver, God save them. They, is it their problem or is it ours? Because what does the Bible say? The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God does not put this on the ungodly. We cannot expect godly behavior out of the ungodly. God says this is up to us. We need to make God judge. Nobody else. We need to make God lawgiver. Nobody else. We need to make God king. Nobody else. It's on us. And so I want to take a minute and I, and, and I want to pray for our nation. But in that prayer, I want you to pray that, that God is your judge and that he point out to you when, he, when he's not. That God is your lawgiver and that he point out to you when you've decided some, uh, to, on, on your own what's right and wrong. And that God is, is your king and that he point out to you when you've kicked him off the throne and taken it. 
Will you pray with me? Father, as we, as we look at, at the original design of our government, it seems we've strayed so far. But Father, the promise, the promise here is, says you will save us. So help us to, to recognize when we have made someone or something a, a judge other than you. Help us to recognize when we're deciding right and wrong on our own rather than you being the lawgiver. Help us to recognize when we have, have kicked you off the throne and taken it for ourselves. Help us see it. Father, we pray for our nation. We, we claim the promise that you will save us, that you will hear from heaven, forgive our sin, and heal our land. And, and Father, we thank you. We give you praise that we live in a place where we can gather today with the lights on and the doors unlocked without fear of persecution. That we can gather because we have the freedom to do so. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.